Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming Podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming Podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect Word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women He created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, hi there, and welcome to episode four of the Still Becoming podcast. I'm so glad you've decided to come back, and this time, I want to talk to you about legalism and grace, and no, they don't go together. You know, when Jesus appeared on the scene, he called out legalism in all its forms. He is nothing but truth and grace, and he wants the same for us. And one of the ways that we see legalism rear its ugly head in our lives, especially when we struggle with the things we do, is through food. Our food choices, whether we're being good or bad, all the agonizing over what to eat and what not to eat, and all the rules. And where do those rules come from? They come from the so-called food police. And so we're going to talk today about ridding ourselves of that legalism and those voices from the food police, firing them and all their friends. And then we're going to move into talking about what freedom might look like for you. So thanks again for joining me. Let's get going on episode four. I fired the food police and all their friends too. Matthew 6, 31 in the Amplified Version. Therefore, do not worry or be anxious, perpetually uneasy, distracted, saying, what are we going to eat? Or what are we going to drink? Or what are we going to wear? I honestly believe there are no bad foods. Yes, some foods we need to eat sparingly and be careful with, but they aren't bad. Unless we're talking about deep fried cheesecake. That's probably pretty bad, but I'll bet it tastes oh so good. In the past, my disordered brain stayed on alert, policing what I put in my mouth. The scrutinizing began anytime I opened the fridge, packed my lunch, planned a family meal, or opened a menu. I felt terrorized and exhausted every single time I had to make a decision about food. I evaluated everything I ate. Am I being good? Am I being bad? On top of that, friends of the food police kept changing the rules, which only added to the craziness. One diet plan told me fruit was free and I could eat as much as I wanted. But another plan proclaimed fruit was bad and had to be eaten carefully. Various low-carb diets encouraged me to eat butter and mayonnaise and bacon. Others allowed me only a teaspoon of olive oil a day. Some plans required strict compliance, meaning one slipped ruined everything. If I ate something not on the program, like an evil carb, it was back to the beginning. And then there were the diets that offered cheat days. My goodness. I mean, is there anything more counterproductive to a healthy eating mindset than cheat days? (laughs) No wonder I was confused. When I was in my early 20s, I signed up for a dieting center program. I paid a lot of money for them to tell me I could only eat 650 calories a day. That's it. 
Every day, I was allowed one apple, a few hard-boiled eggs, a half of cup of vegetables, and their special, very expensive supplements. That was it. Anything else that didn't make the list was bad. Skinny was the goal. I could get healthy later. I lost a lot of weight on this program for sure, but I was starving and I was miserable. Eventually, my body had had enough of the way I treated it and stopped losing weight, even when I ate so little food. At my weekly weigh-in, the woman who ran the center evaluated my food diary and concluded that I'd been bad. Of course she did. The diet worked. I didn't. After careful scrutiny, she determined my weight loss plateau was coming from the pink sugar substitute I put in my black coffee. She warned me, this has a trace of sugar in it, so it just might be the tiny culprit. And then, in an act of super food policing, she took my fake sugar away. How heartless. Of course, my weight boomeranged back. My body was trying to save me from myself by lowering my metabolism. Because you see, girls, God created our physical selves to protect us even when we abuse them. Had I stayed on that torturous diet, I would have lost more weight after beating my body into submission. But at what cost? How might my physical health have suffered while I tried to appease the food police? How much unnecessary anxiety might my mind have endured? And at that time, freedom felt so elusive to me. I'd been living under the weight of food obsession since I was 11 years old. The only thing I knew to do was to keep hunting for the perfect diet for me. I didn't understand I had an emotional and spiritual problem that needed an emotional and spiritual answer. It took time. I know I keep saying that. But finally, and with mustard seed faith at first, I turned away from the world's dieting mantras and moved toward healing for my mind and my soul. Little by little, and with the help from my beloved therapist, Nicole, and brilliant dietitian Amy, I fired the food police and all their friends. It was scary. But when I took the first step, I found firm ground beneath my feet. I really did. I sought skilled and gentle helpers to guide me. There's no shame in that. The professionals I worked with infused the entire experience with much, much needed grace. Girls, we honor our bodies by eating whole nutritious food most of the time. Do you hear the absence of legalism in that statement? When we rightly view food as just food, understanding God provides it to fuel the bodies he designed, we learn to make choices that are best for us. This includes how much and what food we choose to eat. And also remember, God gave us food for pleasure too, and treating ourselves occasionally is normal. We don't need to go into a tailspin and starve ourselves the next day when we've enjoyed a treat. Just accept your normalcy and move on. I've discovered if I eat three healthy meals a day and snacks if needed, I'm satiated. I'm calm. And when I'm calm, I no longer obsess about food. When we connect to our bodies and emotions, then listen to them both, food falls into its rightful place in our lives. The emotional charge is gone. I'm going to say that again. When we connect to our bodies and our emotions and listen to them both, Food falls into its rightful place in our lives. The emotional charge is gone. Listen, it doesn't matter what the food police tell you. Freedom, my sisters, is not a number on the scale. Freedom is when the emotional charge is gone. I fired the food police, and God brought peace and health to my body, mind, and spirit. Isn't it time for you to make the same choice for you? Friends, I am so excited to share that my new book, Still Becoming, Hope, 
Health and Healing for the Diet-Weary Soul will be published on December 13th. Still Becoming is a 31-day devotional journal that takes you on a sacred journey where you'll discover true freedom and that healing and peace have nothing to do with the number on a scale. Join me and learn to rethink your struggles with disordered eating, body image, and dieting through the lens of self-compassion and God's grace. And even though Still Becoming releases on December 13th, it's available for pre-order today. And if you order before December 13th, there'll be lots of freebies offered through my website. So go to laura-acuna.com and order your copy of Still Becoming today. I'm praying for redeemed, restored, and repaired hearts as we take the first brave steps toward thinking of ourselves and our struggles in a brand new way. So in keeping with the idea that freedom may look different than we originally thought it would, I want to say something to you, and I'm wondering what your reaction is going to be. What you weigh has nothing to do with how free you are. What you weigh has nothing to do with how free you are. Now, I know, I know, our whole life we've been taught that a free woman is a skinny one and a skinny woman is a free one, but that's just another lie. If you think about it, you likely know women who are at their so-called ideal weight, whatever that is, but they're still consumed with thoughts of food and body image. They may not have an ounce of fat on them, but they're in bondage just the same. My entire life, I believed that freedom meant skinny and skinny meant freedom. And I don't know why I held on to that fable because from my own experience, I knew that every single time I reached my goal weight, anxiety and obsession still haunted me. I was still worried sick. I would gain it back, which I did. I was stressed out about whether I was skinny enough. I was still counting calories. I was still watching every single thing that went in my mouth and I was still beating myself up. So all of it still continued. I was just wearing smaller clothes. A few years ago, I was invited to attend a weekend retreat for women who suffer with such things, body image, dieting, food strongholds, etc. I'd never taken part in anything like this before, and it came at a really good time for me. And so I went. It was there I learned that my issues were not just emotional and physical, but also spiritual. And from the moment I stepped foot on the property of the retreat center, the Lord began dealing with my wrong thinking regarding food and freedom. He is so faithful when we seek help to meet us there. And he met me there that weekend. The women who attended came in all shapes, ages, backgrounds, and sizes. And it truly felt glorious to be with people like me. It really did. When I took my seat at the first session of the retreat, I sat near a woman who by our culture standards had quite a bit of weight to lose. I immediately started judging her. Now, my heart felt empathy and compassion for her. In fact, I was almost in tears, but I was judging her just the same because based on what she looked like, I determined she had just started her healing journey and she had a long, long way to go until she found freedom. From my perspective, this meant when she reached her ideal weight. I concluded she struggled with the worst possible bondage until I met her and heard her story. I was judging her by what she looked like and making a lot of wrong conclusions in my head. I soon realized that God was dealing with my wrong thinking and was about to transform my very broken mind. I was becoming, and so was my new friend. I found out that this sister had been on the healing journey for a long time. She no longer used food to soothe her hurting heart, and many pounds had already melted away, making her lighter, stronger, and healthier. 
though her body was still healing, I began to understand something really important. She was free and I was not. This revelation blew me away. I felt so humbled and repentant for my judgmental thoughts. Understanding this eye-opening truth about deliverance served me so well and still does on my healing journey. Freedom lies in our mind and spirit, girls. It's a work of God, and it has nothing to do with food or weight. Our weight will fluctuate. That's normal. But our freedom will not. I realized this truth personally in my own life when the quarantine for COVID-19 began. Since it was such an unusual experience being sent home in a quarantine, I compared it to what it was like to be snowed in during a blizzard here in Maryland. During a big snowstorm, my norm was to follow my normal instincts and stock up on all of our family's favorite comfort foods. I would spend my days making stews and pot roasts, homemade cookies, cocoa, you name it. It was over the top. Trust me, I was nesting on steroids every time a snowstorm came. But even in the early days of the quarantine, I came to the stunning realization that even though we were confined and anxious about the virus, even though we had children who lived in faraway states and we would not see them for over a year, even though we had so many concerns at that time, I no longer turned to food to cope. It just was a miracle (laughs) that I'd worked very hard to get to. I made trips to the grocery store for our staple items, not my favorite goodies. Sure, we treated ourselves once in a while, but it never crossed my mind to turn to comfort food for my anxiety. At long last, turning to healthier ways of dealing with stress and heartache came naturally to me. It was shocking and it was wonderful. I've learned that disordered thinking leads to disordered eating. And when the first part is transformed, the rest follows. We aren't giving up our dream to live lighter, stronger, and healthier. But the truth is, listen to me, you can be free before you ever lose a pound. Sometimes it works like that. Again, we're not in black and white thinking, but for some of us, we need to be free first before we can treat our body well and move farther down the healing path. And now for today's soul fitness exercise. I want you to write down the ways that the food police have controlled your thinking and your behavior over a very long time. Are you ready to consider firing them once and for good? And then spend some time today pondering the statement I made that what you weigh has nothing to do with how free you are. Do you agree that freedom from disordered eating and negative body image has nothing to do with what you weigh? Why or why not? Journal your thoughts. Discuss them with God and listen to what he says. And let me pray for you. Dear Lord, I'm praying for the sister who wants to be free. I pray, Lord, that she understands that although sometimes it's easier to just keep living the way she is, instead of dealing with how she ended up in this bondage, the healing path is the best choice. Please give her the courage to stay the course and to trust you with her brokenness. Please help her to remember the goal is healing, not a number on the scale. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me, friends. I'm so glad you came. And before you go, if you enjoyed our time together, and I really hope you did, please subscribe to the Still Becoming podcast, leave a review, and tell your friends. And I'd love to stay in touch. The best way is for you to subscribe to my newsletter, The Latest from Laura, via my website. And of course, I'm on all the socials. You can find all the links 
in the show notes. Thanks again for coming by and I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming podcast.